0: Hello, and welcome to the Story x Story podcast, where we discuss stories across pop culture, plus give you advice on creating your own. It is episode 101, and today we are going behind the story. I am your co-host, Nigel.
1: I am Tazzy, content creator and co-host.
0: And you know that on these shows, we like to talk to creative professionals across industries to unpack the story that is their journey into their industry. And today, we're going to hear the story behind illustrator and comic artist Renee Rientes. Renee, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. Good to be back.
0: <laughs> yeah, you are, we were just saying this before, you're the first person to come back, not to come back to the podcast, first person to come back for an interview. <laughs> we've had uh, we've had many people come back, but um, yeah, first person we have interviewed a second time. So we're gonna find out what you've been up to, what you're working on at the moment, um, what people need to know, and yeah, we're gonna get into it. So everyone can subscribe to Story X Story on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, uh, wherever you get your podcast from. And you can also send us your feedback to feedback at myamada.com. Uh, you can drop your questions in our Discord or throw them at us on social media. We are at Myamada on Twitter, at mymada TV, on Instagram and TikTok, or at Tazzy on everything. So before we get into finding out more about Renee, Let's see what's been happening in the Mayamada universe. So we have started a new series on Twitch called Casual Conversations with Comic Creators. So this is something that we started at the beginning of the year. And um, I am speaking to a different comic creator uh, every month. So... The idea is to find out about the people, the human, the person behind the art that we all enjoy. So you can catch the VOD of my conversation with filmmaker and comic creator Marius Smuts. Um, So that'll be on Twitch for uh, some days still by the time this comes out. And next month in May, I will be talking again with Renee for that show too, because as we'll find out soon uh, in interview, Renee has a Kickstarter going, so we're going to catch up with Renee today and then find out a bit more about Kickstarter when it's live next month. And speaking of Kickstarter, we have a Kickstarter in the works. So we're not yet at the stage of launching anything, but we are working on a new manga featuring Tazzy's character. Tazzy, how do you feel about this?
1: I'm so excited. I actually like was telling a friend the other day and then as I was like telling them, I was like, wait, oh my God, I'm going to be in a manga. This is like like a dream of mine from like way, 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 way back when I was like a teenager. I wanted to be a character. And then like, it just dawned on me. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I am. <laughs>
0: there you go. Uh, my Madder making dreams happen. I'm going to use that tagline. <laughs> um, so we have a Kickstarter featuring Taz's character under our Origins storyline. So what we're doing is turning the real life My Madder team characters into uh, storylines in the universe so starting with uh, with Tazzy and then over the coming months years this will be a long-term thing I uh, will turn myself Lau, Lara Lee, Penelli, and we'll create those storylines around those characters so this will be uh, a short story and it'll be about finding the confidence to follow your dreams uh, even though you may be being told no by the world around you so uh, a little sneak peek there but as you follow us uh, or be in our discord if you're on our newsletter you'll find out more as we look to launch that in the spring and work on it over summer um, and beyond. So with uh, with that we also have some gaming stuff going on so in April we're going to be having our April games night. Uh, I think we decided to play Halo Infinite. I think we had that meeting at the end of uh, what was a really fun uh, knockout city games night so i think oh, that that's VOD, a great game tonight. Yeah. yeah <laughs> uh, that VOD is uh, i think it's still up um, but we'll have highlights of that and then this month we're gonna try our hand at halo infinite on thursday the 28th of april from 7 p.m bst so we'll be playing with studio 77 members and you can watch the fun uh live along with us on twitch What well, we'll be playing and watching, but you know what I mean. And then we're still working on getting highlights from past games nights. So, some that are up at the moment uh, Roblox, Fortnite, and Rocket League. And there are more to come. So, Knockout City, that would be a great highlights package. Gartic Phone um, will be hilarious. And yeah, so as we do these, we'll be putting up the highlights on YouTube in case you can't catch it live. Sticking with the video game theme. We are in the midst of our Do I Look Like a Gamer campaign, which is looking to promote diversity and inclusion in the video games industry and also provide awareness of career opportunities for young people and aspiring professionals. You can follow us on social media. Uh, We have some announcements to come. Uh, We released the photos of the 40 players and makers earlier in the year, and we're working on the the next stages uh, of the campaign. Response has been really great. Uh, we have some good supporters and sponsors as well, so you can catch the live stream uh, VOD of our Video Game Careers Roundtable, which was hosted at Payload Studios and supported by Hitmarker. And we had a good chat with uh, a roundtable of guests uh, from different perspectives talking about just what video games look like as a career, whether you're working as an employee you've got some like uh, community uh, events going on or you're taking like the entrepreneurial business creating path so that's up there and then we also want to give a shout out to Splash Damage for sponsoring us as well as Rocksteady Studios so their support means that we can provide these events uh, the events that we had the events that are to come uh, for free uh, and also spread the word of the work that we're doing for the campaign and future plans so super excited to like put these things together and just based on the reaction and i think the need this uh, the need to make video games more diverse and provide opportunities for the next generation i'm um, looking forward to what's to come during the year and beyond for this so uh, in the more immediate future we have our uh, networking event um and family games design jam so there's going to be a lot of opportunities to come uh, mix with people in the industry learn about video game design and yeah we'll have those details out very soon if not already by the time you are listening to this so check out looklikeagamer.com and then um, yeah follow us uh, follow along with the campaign you might also be able to win a campaign t-shirt too so definitely check that out Uh, so that's where we are today with my matter. Now let's go behind the story with today's guest. As I mentioned, Renee is an independent comic artist and illustrator from the Netherlands. She first made a start in 2016 uh, with stories like My Daily Life Comics and Distortia. She's currently the illustrator for the popular children's book series Snell Sam and works with various companies to create commercial and promotional art Such as Ziggo Sports, Warner Studios, and Wacom. Uh, Renee is also the editor of the new comic anthology series Figments and works as the manga coordinator and curator for The Big Draw, which is part of an international art and education program in the Netherlands, Japan, and South Korea. Uh, So, definitely gonna find out about that too. Uh, But like we said, Renee is the first repeat. Interview that we had on the podcast, so I feel we should check in and see what's happening since the last time you were on. We checked the archives, and it was just as the pandemic was uh, getting started when we thought it was going to be a, a few months and we'd be back to normal. Uh, obviously, we were very, very wrong. But in that time, um, what I'm interested to know, Renee, just to get started, is like what's been what's been different now versus those early days of like 2020 when we thought that you know it was all going to be done like what what have you been up to basically
2: um poo, Um yeah. honestly i thought uh i've been up to like very little but when you sum that up i was like oh yeah i've been keeping busy <laughs> yes
0: it helps when you write it down and like have someone read it out like what you've actually done
2: yeah it's uh I'm like oh yeah <laughs> i do stuff uh <laughs> so yeah a uh, lot lots of things actually so i've yeah started on the children's books of sneller sam which in english is translated uh, fast uh, sam so it's about oh, okay. race cars and karting i think i'm working on the fifth book right now so basically two books a year
0: so you've got the the two books for this racing series is that something that started during the pandemic or you were working on that before
2: uh it started just before i think after the uh, promoting Zigo sports uh commercial i did uh, in 2019
0: yeah i remember we spoke about that on our uh, on our first interview so yeah no it's interesting and in terms of like continuing that work or releasing new work what's been like the biggest challenge over the past couple of years like in getting stuff done
2: mm, i think like keeping my sanity
0: <laughs> how did you do that please tell me <laughs> if you could just write that down point by point how you did that um i'd i'd really appreciate that
2: i have no idea like <laughs> uh, these past few years i think it comes for everyone um felt like so long and so short at the same time yeah i guess i've been keeping busy luckily i'd i'd work to uh, to do so children's books and i think around at the beginning of 2020 when everything went to yeah uh, yeah <laughs> not as good as we thought it would i was like you know what i want to start my own project and do something I'm passionate about and get energy from. So I started an anthology.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, like you said, you've kind of forgot, like you've, you've been doing stuff. So you've been busy and we've seen like some of your work on uh, social media. Uh, I mean, would you say, in terms of successes, and is it important to remember that there have been some successes, like other than the anthology, which uh, we'll, we're going to get to, like, what would you say of? been your biggest successes over the past two years. Other than that, and keeping your sanity, as you (laughs) rightly mentioned.
2: Yes. If I'm very honest, it wasn't without a lot of struggle. So, I had some work. I had, like, after Ziggo Sports, um, the commercial I did for the Formula One got picked up by um, the editor of Olaf Mol's, the Dutch commentator, who was writing a children's book series at the time. And they asked me if I wanted to do the illustrations. So... Yeah, I had like two books a year to draw for that. And other than that, I got into the Big Draw, uh, an international program. They just started with uh, the focus on manga and anime.
0: Cool. And that was a new opportunity that came up, the Big Draw.
2: Yeah, yeah. I've been part of the Big Draw like in 2016, I think. Um, I participated in drawing on... Uh, windows, making artwork. The big draw is basically a worldwide thing. Uh, I think it actually started in the UK, um, like the first big draw, and after that it spread all over the world. Basically, their goal is to bring art outside to the general public, uh, who don't know art that much or don't see it often. So basically we artists are mostly hermits who stay in our own home and create. (laughs) but we don't see how they create and what they actually do so with the big draw we want to take that outside on the streets and let people join in on the art form and just recently this year last year they started to uh, include the japanese art style as well so uh, and that's where i came in
0: all right and that's something where just anyone can get involved with in terms of attending like anyone can attend
2: Yes, yes, it's ba- uh, it's a completely free festival uh, uh, all over the world. Like uh, I would say look it up in your country or cities and there's probably a big draw somewhere near you going on uh, at least once a year. And they basically provide lots of workshops and get professionals to join in uh, who will uh, do performances or do workshops you can join. And it's free for the public. And um, yeah, artists uh, show their talents.
0: Nice. All right, we'll make sure we put a link to that in the show notes so people can check it out. So since you were last on the show, we spoke a little bit about like your background, so people can check out that interview. But for those that are here listening to us right now, do you want to give us some background into... So where did you grow up and what was your relationship with comics and manga at, at an early age?
2: Well, I grew up in the Netherlands and I started reading manga when I was around... 12, I think. And before that, I was very into the anime, Pokemon, and the things we know is anime. But when you were very little, you don't know it's called anime. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. On a later age, when I was around 12, I found out it was called anime and manga. And I got more into looking that up and I started reading manga. And uh, so when I started reading manga, I was very inspired by it the way of telling a story through art and images people drew Mm. i was like yes i want to make this so i read a lot of manga collected a lot of manga uh, and eventually i think around 2017 18 i got more into the american comics and basically i got inspired by all kinds of different art and comics
0: yeah i think like a lot of people had a similar thing in terms of like watching things and not realizing it was anime. I know I was watching a lot of uh, Transformers and it was just like, I just like Transformers. Didn't really think of this as a uh, as an anime or where it came from. It was just Transformers. It was cool. And then, so it sounds like relatively early, like getting into manga and anime. And what was like school like for you? Were, were you always thinking i'm gonna work in comics or was there another path for you while you were in school
2: i think when i was very little i <laughs> there were i think three things i wanted to be <laughs> oh boy this is okay i wanted to be an artist that was my first choice and like do something with art draw because i started drawing when i was around i don't know so as long as i can can hold a pencil i guess mm. <laughs> or i wanted to be an actor or a singer <laughs>
0: <laughs> which oh, nice, okay.
2: <laughs> uh, the other two are absolutely a no-go <laughs>
0: <laughs> how come
2: i'm very camera shy
0: <laughs> oh yeah i guess you gotta yeah that's gotta be a, a key a key part of the job right yeah
2: <laughs> yes so um yeah no i uh i st- stick with the, with the art and uh, just kept drawing uh at school i always draw was drawing in my school books and i actually recently found like my old school uh notes where the teachers are writing in like no drawing during class
0: <laughs> oh seriously Pay
2: more attention i was like oh yeah
0: <laughs> you'll never do anything with this artwork stop it <laughs>
2: well, the thing is i when i was little i could focus more on um the teaching and what the teacher said while i was drawing otherwise my mind would go to nowhere
0: oh, okay. <laughs> oh that's interesting i've so because i do workshops with with uh, young people and you get like different kind of personalities and i remember there was a session with a kid it must have been i don't know like 10, 11, so around there, and as I was talking, just everything he would he would draw, and like when we share ideas, but oh, I'm going to draw that. Was, my thing is like I write, so I'm like I'm going to I'm going to write it down so I can remember. It. He's like I'm going to draw it. And it, was, it was weird because usually when you're in the sessions, the kids you want them to pay attention and like listen as you're giving instructions, but he would always be drawing. But then I I realized like it wasn't in a disrespectful. Way I was just like how his how his brain worked, just everything he needed to to draw. So I just had to sort of let him go and let him like do his thing. And it sounds like you might have been similar.
2: Yeah, I, I absolutely need to draw if I keep my focus. Otherwise, I can look at people's lips moving and not
1: register anything.
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yep. This was that kid.
1: <laughs> yeah. That's <is> so interesting.
0: <laughs> yeah, just how like different people's uh, minds work. So. I mean you had artwork so i'm doing something with art at the top of your list so it sounded like again like quite early you knew um the direction you wanted to go what was the like reaction from from parents or other family members to you wanting to be uh, an artist of some kind
2: Uh, from family and friends and teachers everyone was like no go Study and do something mm. you can make a living off. <laughs> <laughs> because art is not something you make money with. Mm. So yeah, I had a lot of struggles with self esteem because of that. Although my mom was very uh, supportive because she likes comics as well. I found out at a later age uh, she used to collect them as well. Okay. But my dad and lots of other family members are like, no, yeah, if you want to make a living, you need to study. <laughs> not draw. So um, they they always consider it as a hobby, and yeah, even uh, even now these days, now I make a living with my art. People still consider it as a hobby, and they kind of assume still like, oh, you can hang out and you have time because you're not really working.
0: <laughs> oh, you still get that?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah, because it it sounds like easy work to do. That's the impression people get a lot when when you're doing art. They're like, oh, it's you doing art. It's really fun and easy, and when i try to explain it's it's more than just art if you are a freelancer you're your own boss you're your own manager um Mm. your own accountant so you need to do a lot of work besides drawing uh to make a living out of it
0: (laughs) yeah yeah i imagine drawing is even like the least thing you do not not the least but in terms of like like time and and energy you have to give to the other parts like drawing might not even be the majority of your time spent
2: um i think it's very 50 50 um I do draw a lot, so um, I try to arrange everything, like start up in the morning, wake up, uh, I read my emails, try to have a rhythm, but yeah, I I do tend up, like working till 8 or uh, instead of 5 to finish some deadlines. Oh yeah, I know that feeling. (laughs) And besides that, of course, there's like conventions, putting your work out there, talking to people, networking. These are things they don't really teach you at school, but are very important, so... Mm. But personally, I really love all aspects of being a freelancer and, uh, yeah, work as an artist. So um, yeah.
0: And like, would you have anything you'd say to that person who's at that early stage, thinking, you know, I might Mm want to do something with my art, but is getting a reaction from family, from whoever it might be, that you can't, you can't do what you want to do?
2: I think it's very important to keep trusting yourself and go with your own gut. Um, So keep the fire. uh, Find. Uh, likely minded people who are just as passionate about art as you are Uh, especially nowadays with the internet uh, as it is it's a lot easier yeah put your work out there don't be afraid to um step up to professionals and show your work ask uh, advice and mainly actually practice a lot Mm. that's um keep keep going
0: (laughs) yeah totally i get that um so yeah anyone listening there and because we met in I think we were trying to work this out in in 2019, motor Comic Con, mm-hmm. and you had your you had a, a different anthology that you were a part of, and we were talking about your more horror theme comic in that. Do you want to just for people who might not have seen or listen to that first interview, just tell us about that project um, before we go into your new stuff?
2: Oh yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My first anthology I worked on was, was with uh, two other artists, uh, actually good friends of mine. Because we all started out with manga, like were those manga girls at school and uh, <laughs> reading really a lot of shoujo manga. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think uh, before before that, it's, it's the thing is here in Holland, uh, manga is really a taboo. Yeah, so basically, uh, manga is a lot, is like re- in Holland not very acknowledged as an art form. Uh, not in the comic industry or at schools. It's all always like, oh, you draw manga. That's um, not gonna sell. And that's not popular. Well. Actually, there are a lot of teens and young people who really like that, and started out with manga, like myself and the friends. We were like, um, you know what? We just start our own uh, uh, manga anthology. So we, yeah, we decided to make our own manga-inspired anthology uh, called Oyesumi, which actually was very popular. Re- received so for a small press anthology series, we printed like thirteen hundred books, one thousand three hundred. So um, and there almost all sold out right now that's really good yeah it was um it was really really fun experience so basically yeah we were like if we don't have like uh our jobs yet we just create our own and we made an anthology and for now i'm like um yeah i want to do this again so i started a new one
0: (laughs) nice and like in between those two anthologies you also we mentioned the the children's book was it difficult to switch from like a horror comic to then going to contributing on a children's book
2: no not really i um i guess a lot that they say like okay you make like so many different kind of artwork Mm. and i just personally what i uh, really love about art is you don't need to stuck with one thing you can do a lot of things though my personal personal favorite is still hot horror i love horror <laughs> uh but yeah drawing children's books is more carefree i think lighthearted it's an it's a nice uh, change of pace
0: and how did that project come about again in terms of like because you you talked a bit about the work you had done for um is it ziggo ziggo sports and getting picked up from there so was that just something that came out of the blue or something you had in mind that you wanted to do
2: absolutely came out of the blue i mm-hmm. wasn't really thinking of working on uh, children books because i personally really like uh, more of the uh, comics but yeah i was like you know i just finished a racing project this is something new why not
0: yeah and just to clarify when you it's a so it's a children's book not a children's comic
2: uh yes it's a book it's like a reading uh reading book i think right. they only have it in dutch but i'm not sure if they want to translate it eventually
0: okay so, yeah, cool. reading book So that is quite a different pace from creating comics. And I guess you're you're working with a a writer on that and then you're providing the artwork where it's needed.
2: Yes, yes. It's, um, uh, yeah, I basically get the script from, like when the book is done, I get it from my editor and then they tell me where they want to have the images and I just draw that. Okay. It's actually a lot easier and quicker than drawing actual comics.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I guess it's, uh, is there less to do, first of all, like less drawings than a, your typical manga
2: yeah basically for a children's book they ask depending on the budget also is around 20 to 30 illustrations small to big ones yeah so yeah i I can do that in two weeks and while on comics i'm working more of a few months
0: Yeah, com- comics take a long time like we we learn that the hard way. <laughs> yeah. It's uh it takes a long time. Again, I'm like bringing up different stories because I've uh, I spent the last week in a lot of sessions and one of the things I do is uh, I'll show one of our comics and then I'll I'll ask the group like how long do you think this took to make? And I was in one session where some of the kids were like two, three months. I'm like, wow kid, you are <laughs> you have uh, overestimated my ability to make comics. So <laughs> then I have to explain like this actually took years between writing and, you know, first coming up with the idea, writing it, doing the artwork, editing. Um but yeah, sometimes I mean, to be fair, they're like, I don't know, yeah, again, ten to thirteen year old kids sort of <laughs> not necessarily have the full uh, concept of making and uh, producing a comic, but it is a general thing that people when it comes to artwork to your earlier point about you know not maybe seeing it as serious, people think oh it's just some pictures you just you can put that together quickly.
2: Yeah, and I think not only with children, it's also I see a lot with starting artists. They they are like a lot of people who want to start into comics. I hear them saying like oh I have this idea and I want to make a comic, and they have already one hundred pages of the first chapter or something uh, written out, and
1: mm.
2: I'm like start small. I think uh, twenty pages is already a lot for a first comic, and then you know how long it takes to actually create something, like write something to drawing it to finishing it. So yeah, it's a it's a lot of work. I agree.
0: That is very good advice that we did not follow. Like our first, I think our first comic was eventually fifty pages. Uh, we we wanted to do more, but we came down to fifty. So uh, that tells you a lot about the way we started. Um, so yeah start small Uh, don't do what we did
2: (laughs) well i I do think it's it's most important is to finish it so even if you do something Mm. bigger you guys finish something awesome so yeah that's already an amazing accomplishment like a lot of people stay stuck in the process and not actually finishing a comic
0: no that's a fair point yeah finishing is, is always the most important because then you can You've got somewhere to go. You've got to, something to show and somewhere to uh, sort of go from there. But if you don't finish, you yeah, you just get stuck in that middle bit, which is never great. Uh, so, I mean, like for, for you as you're working on the different types, so that like, you've got your own work, which has a certain uh, kind of look and feel, and then you've got the children's book. I know something, I mean, I'm not an artist, but I know sort of speaking to artists where there is there like ever a fear of being typecasted so like does working in one field maybe prevent you from going down another cuz people might see you as like oh you make children's books now so you can't do something else do you, does that ever come to mind
2: mm, i think a little bit but then again also no
0: <laughs> <laughs> little to none
2: <laughs> yeah the thing is i i um i know what i want to create for myself and what i want to do more so there's this part of me that's like more business mode like yep. doing commercial work and doing children's books uh, that's like okay this pays the bills and then i have this part that's p- passionate and really thr- um yeah thriven to be to be working more in comics and that just takes more time
0: yeah i think that's a good way to look at it and when you're working with you say like that mix of commercial and your own work so uh, i mentioned in the intro like you've worked with like some big companies like uh, warner music wacom and then you also have your own projects. Do you, is there a preference in terms of like the way, like the way you work for each side?
2: Uh, honestly, for now, I'm actually really happy with all the work I've done so far. I did, for example, some short music videos for Warner Studios, no, uh, spinning records. And for Warner Studios, uh, they asked me to do some artwork for promotion stuff. So those two are really different things and you work more of a team so they come to you with an idea or, and a concept and you can tell them what you can do. And those projects tend to be very short. So for example, the music video I had like two weeks and then it had to be done. So those
0: That sounds very short. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Like at, at those moments it's like, okay, production mode is on and you just sit down and work. Actually with comics is it's the same, but... um take the focus and energy on a longer term of period. so for these things like music videos or children books um, these are shorter projects so you can focus a little bit on that more and finish it and then you pick up the other artwork like for example I'm working on a graphic novel as well right now and that one is around 100 pages so yeah that's a lot of work And I cannot expect to like finish a 100-page uh, comic in two weeks. But um... no.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> although sure there could. are some yeah, there are some ten-year-olds that might think you can do that, but no, you can't.
2: <laughs> yes. So um, it's really nice and refreshing to have like uh, you working on these pages for a, a longer comic, and in the meantime, you have sometimes these uh, shorter jobs to do in between. So that's. Uh, it keeps it like more interesting i think
0: yeah so i guess it breaks things up and you can switch focus to different things and like you said I, the commercial work sort of pays the bills and keeps things going in that sense
2: yes yes it's it's like uh although comic work also pays but depending on the publisher and the story what you do mm. <laughs> like for example the anthology is like a passion project uh this is something i do with no pay but i just want to put something out there that's going to be awesome yeah, if you ask me, I, I think I'm working on way too many things at the same time.
1: <laughs> yeah. How do you how do you manage your time with with all those projects and without like something weighing on your mind while you're working on another thing?
2: Uh I think one of the most important things is to keep communicating with your um well, how do you say that in English? Um the person who gives you a job? What's what's that called? Uh
0: a uh, client.
2: Clients, yes yeah, most important thing is to be honest and keep communicating with your client, like, hey, um, I'm a bit overwhelmed right now. I need um it's gonna take a little bit longer. Also, be honest with yourself about the deadlines. Like I tend before I made the mistake all the time in, yes, I can finish this in a short time, but not keep bearing in mind that you need a break or a weekend or a good night' rest or some free times with friends sometimes. so um. It's better to keep like a longer, more realistic deadline. Set that for yourself and communicate it with the client. So um, for me, I just try to finish one thing at a time, but uh, work on multiple things. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, no, that's an important. When I think sometimes you can, especially as a like a freelancer, you want to get the work and then you want to say like I can I can definitely do this. There might be some pressure, internal pressure, to say I can do this in the shortest time uh, available when that's not necessarily even being asked. Like you might have the question of like, when can you do something and you wanna give the quickest time, but like you say, you can factor in, you know, need a break, need time to do other things and then give a more realistic projection. And then that just helps because when you you have a realistic time, you don't put yourself under so much pressure and then everyone benefits
2: yeah and also like one of the fears I had was with uh, my clients before is uh I was very happy with the job I got, but well like a lot of people in COVID times uh I was not in a good place, and mm. uh there, there, there have been a few months that I couldn't do anything, like uh work, draw. I kind of got burned out by everything, <laughs> and I was so scared to tell this to my clients, and eventually, when I did they all told me like that's completely common logic like take it easy don't worry um we'll come back to you when you have like more time to breathe and actually produce like how you used to hmm. so they were very understanding and supportive and i didn't lose a job uh, because of that <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> which was very nice of them so um yeah it had some bumps in the roads to be a freelancer but um yeah but just be honest to yourself
0: yeah. And how do you get through those periods of burnout? Is there something specific that you do or is it just letting the natural process take its course?
2: Oh man, I <laughs> burnout. Uh I can <laughs> talk like hours about that. Um yeah, watch that, uh, I would say for people. Um I got a really terrible one. It actually like most of the times when you notice you're in a burnout, it's already too late. Uh you're far in it. How I managed I didn't <laughs> <laughs> but yeah there was for me a, a point i needed to be honest with myself and people around me and like my clients my friends and just tell them what where was at because i always tend to uh, show people the best side of myself like i can do this i'm a hard worker and don't show weakness because people uh, would think you're weak and something like that so um At some point, I started. I need to be honest with myself and others, and I got like a lot of support. And yeah, eventually, I got out of it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's good and and good advice that uh, I'm also noting down uh, myself. uh,
1: (laughs) Yeah, me too. Just
0: (laughs) so you mentioned the new anthology, so we spoke about uh, the first one you were involved with, and you know, we're gonna be speaking once your Kickstarter campaign is live, but where we are now as you're in the midst of planning for a Kickstarter for your new comic anthology called Figments. So do you wanna tell us I'm particularly interested how that came together, but also your role as editor, how you decided on that.
2: It came together like in the beginning of COVID. Like, after Oyasumi, I did it with two friends of mine. I was very uh, passionate about making comics and also saw the how you say that, like uh, the benefits of working with uh, more artists who are doing like something completely different different. Even now, with Oyasumi, we get a lot of people who are very excited about the uh, idea of having multiple artists in one book. They get introduced to different art styles and different artists. Yeah, in one and the same book. So I wanted to do more of that.
0: So you like the idea of like bringing together like a mix of styles?
2: Yes. So yeah, we. um, I had the idea of making a new anthology with not just friends, but with uh, professionals I've came to know over the years. And I just saw there are so many talented artists out there, and I got like to know these artists uh, over the years, and I see there's so much uh, talent and awesome young artists out there who just don't get picked up or and especially in the Netherlands maybe. <laughs> but yeah the thing I've noticed on anime conventions, comic conventions um, and comic fairs are basically that there's this yeah group of people who only like anime and uh, or only like American comics. but there's like a very small group that likes both or all of the different comic art forms. So uh, my idea was to make an anthology where, like, manga, uh, American comics, uh, more the European uh, classic comic style in one book. Ooh. So there's a little bit of everything for everyone in that book. That's the idea.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good idea. And so is the is a single story that just has different art styles along the way? Or is this like a, or when I say single story, single theme around it? Or is this like just completely different stories, themes?
2: Uh, yeah, for this is like segments um, of passion. So because um, it's a passionate project, put in
0: you. I see what you did there.
2: <laughs> Such a bad joke. Uh, <laughs> so um, especially after the because when we started the project was around in COVID times. I figured like a lot of people are very depressed for not going to conventions or seeing other artists um, at the moment. So I thought it would be a nice time to start a project like that. Mm. So we had something fun to work on together. And I thought the theme passion might be very nice for people to read afterwards. So every artist has like a short story between 10 to 25 pages. Uh, The theme of passion put into that. But it can be anything like from a passionate love story to a dark passionate story
0: cool and was it easier to make the connections with artists during the pandemic because we were in a time where i guess we still are in some ways in a time where so people were connecting online so you know you've got people from around the world was it easier to make those connections do you feel than it would have been before the pandemic
2: yes and no i don't think the pandemic like being online really mattered for that uh for me it's like yeah, I go to a lot of conventions everywhere. So um, I meet a lot of people all over, from all over the world. And uh, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to ask people. <laughs> so a lot, a lot of these artists I have like as friends on Facebook or on, I follow on Instagram. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to put a message there and see if people want to join. And uh, all of them said yes. So just, uh, yeah, just ask. There you go.
0: ask. <laughs> if you don't ask, you don't get that can be such a a difficult thing to do sometimes when you're especially if you're asking people to to do something like to cuz there's work involved in this and i guess the idea is you might get rejected i don't know if you had any rejections i mean you, you don't have to say any names but were, were there any rejections or things that didn't go uh, to plan in the making of this project
2: uh yeah, there are always things that don't go to plan yeah. like it's a huge project. So that's um uh, I already c- kind of calculated those uh bumps. Mm. But yeah, I think mainly it was more in my head that I was afraid, like, oh my god, do these people think I'm rude if I ask them this? Um or pretentious. Yeah, so I was really afraid, like, oh okay, I'm an rude person if I ask this. Um mm. but then again I was like, you know what? who cares i'm just gonna ask <laughs> what's the worst that could happen that's what i ask myself like to be very honest i always second guess things that i say or ask people so <laughs> but sometimes you just have to do it just just ask and like don't let your fear of rejection get in the way of that and no actually everyone was very happy and excited about the project so i got a lot of yes
0: <laughs> yeah not as such a good of advice because it happens to everyone I know I certainly like you you get in your head and you think oh they're gonna give this reaction and it's gonna be negative so therefore I'm not gonna I'm just not gonna do it I'm not gonna do anything yeah but a lot of it most of the time is in your imagination and even if it doesn't go to plan because not everything goes to plan it's not the end of the world so yeah no that's that's really good advice and I think to add to that is you must have approached people with like a plan like it wasn't just, hey, I'm going to make some comics. It was, you know, we're going to do this. This is why I'm going to do it. This is the, the format maybe that it's going to take. So people had a, uh, an image of what you were asking them to do. And I imagine that made the conversation easier.
2: Uh, yes, yes. I I like prepared an email to, um, like, with all the terms and conditions and my ideas um, because it's a huge project. And yeah, the risk of like, I, d- I don't know how well it will go. Like I still need to launch a Kickstarter. As well for the Kickstarter, my fear is that nobody will, like, be hyped about it like I am.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I get that as well.
2: (laughs) They were like, oh, yay, we get 100 bucks, so yay. (laughs) That's always a fear that's that's there. So I told people also, like, this is a passionate project. Uh, I understand if you don't have the time for this because you're a professional or you have your own job, work, private life, everything, like it might be much to ask but yeah i just asked and they were excited about it and i told them like okay this is what i want to do i want to make a comic with this theme this many pages uh these deadlines and uh with this list of artists yeah we're nearly to the end of that so i can't believe we're almost there
0: (laughs) and you mentioned the kickstarter so you are launching a kickstarter in may for the anthology so you've already started in a way so why have you decided to plan a crowdfunding campaign and, and what will it do for the project
2: basically the crowdfunding is for getting the artists uh, a little bit of pay so because mm. everyone who who jumped on board on a project did it because they, because they loved the project and the risk was like okay if the crowdfunding will be a failure uh, i'll personally co- uh, cover the cost for the printings Though for that, I was very lucky to have like, uh, some support from the government here. I pitched my art project like, hey, I want to make this uh, cool comic book and got some funding for the printing. So that's covered. So the book will come there and be there. But the crowdfunding is basically to get some funding, to get the artists who participated on this, to get a little bit of payment for them. And hopefully a lot. <laughs> so basically how more successful the Kickstarter will become, the more uh, the artists will get paid
0: nice all right and like do you know when it's launching do you have a date in mind um what are the details for the campaign
2: <laughs> honestly i'm aiming to get it launched around may the first yep but i'm not completely sure yet <laughs> <laughs> I'm working it all together, like uh, putting all the um, rewards together, all the text for it. Actually, today I was sitting with the editor for the video, like the person who will make the video for the Kickstarter. And that's one of the most important things. So yeah, it's a lot of work uh, and I hope to get it all done in the next two weeks. So hopefully it will launch at May the 1st. Cool. (laughs) This is my first Kickstarter, so I'm not sure how it all works yet
0: yeah it is a lot to to put together we've done we've done a few uh some successes some <laughs> failures i think we're, we're actually about 50 50 in terms of kickstarters and it's always like the weeks before it's like putting it together making sure the page looks good making sure people are expecting it like you've got um like a, maybe a community or between all the artists involved there's a community of people that are looking forward to it and launching it and then it becomes like a like a almost like a full-time uh, job to like promote it over those 30 days there's a lot to it
2: yeah absolutely like i remember also with my previous comic Oisumi, the manga mm. i did uh we did not do a kickstarter for that just some pre-orders uh inside the country but also putting that together is it's, it's a lot of work so for this as well i'm like okay go big or go home so if you do something do it right yeah so yeah just in the next couple of weeks are going to be a lot of pre- preparations and uh, I'm curious to see how it will turn out. Amazing group of artists and writers together for this uh, project. So like what you asked before, people from all over the world are joining in for this project. I still can't believe everyone said yes for that. <laughs> <laughs> so we got actually um, an artist from Japan who is uh, drawing a manga. And we have artists from Taiwan who are uh, also drawing like Asian uh, manga inspired uh, art in color.
0: Nice, yeah.
2: So we got like... I'm very happy we've got like uh, Asian artists included in this project because we I don't see that a lot yet like in Europe or maybe I don't know em- enough about it. <laughs> mm. But yeah, for the anthology, I was like, okay, I want to have like multicultural comic, uh, different art styles, different kind of people in one book. We've got artists from the UK and uh, from the Netherlands, writer from America. So uh, that's
0: a real mix. That's a good it's an mix amazing of people. Myth. And we know one of your writers, Christian Carnouche. Yes, yeah, he's yeah. been on the podcast before. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs>
2: he told me. Yeah, so it's like, um, yeah, he's such a great writer. I'm, uh, I'm really happy to be working with him on a story. He's mm. actually written my story in uh, figments.
0: Cool. Yeah, he was so when he was on. He was like, yeah, I'm working with Renee, but we can't say what it is. And then <laughs> before uh, you were able to make the announcement, so that'll be cool <laughs> to see it. And then all yeah, mysterious yeah, <laughs> um, just a little bit. Um, and then once you put the campaign together and there'll be more to talk about there. So we'll be doing our live interview so people can check that out uh, on Twitch uh, in early May. And then we'll go into more detail about the Kickstarter project and let people know where they can go to get involved with that. Um, one of the things that we definitely could not do at, <laughs> when when we last spoke for an interview was go to conventions. And I wonder if since that time, and since uh, I don't know what the exact situation is where you are, but certainly where, where we are, uh, it's like all restrictions are lifted, uh, go about your business. Have you been able to go to any conventions since the pandemic?
2: My God, <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> finally. Um, actually quite a few right now. So uh, the restric- restrictions has uh, lifted like I think two months ago or a month. And uh, I have been doing conventions for the past four weeks.
0: Cool. Are oh, you just dove straight in? Yeah. Nice.
2: My body is feeling this. It's like, you're out of shape, girl. <laughs> <laughs> I've been to Angoulême, for which finally could go uh, through as well. So in France, there was a nice convention. Uh, they Normally, it's always around January. And this time, they moved it to March. So I've been there. A Dutch comic convention. Uh, last week, uh, this weekend to Deventer, also a convention in Holland and one in my home city uh, like exactly one month ago. So yeah, finally some conventions. <laughs> it was pretty nice to do that again.
0: Yeah, I know. It's um it's a good feeling <laughs> to go out and actually see like, oh yeah, these events are happening again and like seeing people again. Uh, you mentioned uh, Angolem and I know you've mentioned that to me before so that's on my list are there any other european conventions uh, we should be looking to visit
2: um, Angoulême definitely should be on top of the list because it's like a international uh, comic festival instead of a convention so it's like through the whole city mm. um and it's great for networking uh, publishers that are out there from all over the world artists from all over the world so yeah it's a really really nice festival malta of course
0: <laughs> yep definitely
2: so uh I, i'm really hoping uh, malta can uh will go like i actually hope all the conventions can go um
0: yeah yes every everyone
2: yes and i think for european conventions for especially manga and anime i think dokomi is like one of um a very good convention uh, if you like those they had like 700 artists last time
0: okay and where's that
2: uh dortmund i think not completely sure (laughs) yeah Documi. it's uh i think Documi in dortmund and thought bubble i heard a lot of great things about in the uk but i have never been there
0: thought bubble is one i have been to um so i've been exhibited a few times and done i think last year november did a workshop there as well that's a really nice one it's like because it's a focus on independent creators so the majority like 90 plus percent people are independent comic creators sort of the vibe is different the audience is coming for that as well. And that makes a big difference because we have uh, like our biggest convention here is MCM, uh, the London Comic-Con, which is more of a pop culture convention. So it's not just comics, there is a space for comics, but you're looking at that it, sort of big names in pop culture. And what I found is like, it changes the audience. So there's a lot of the audience there that aren't really interested in comics and certainly not independent independently made comics whereas thought bubble it's like everyone by and large are are there to see independent creators and it it creates a really nice atmosphere
2: yeah it's that that one is like on my list very highly to go to as well yeah i've heard so many great things about that especially on the independent comic book art uh and just creators no funko (laughs)
0: pops Oh yeah, no, you definitely. Uh, I've yet to see a Funko Pop. Um, yeah, it's not a good thing when you're exhibiting next to someone selling Funko Pops. You just turn invisible to everyone. So yeah, there's that one. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to sort of Malta um, if they hopefully if they do it this year. I can go if not in future because that's a really nice, uh, really nice time as well. And that's where we met, so uh, it's good for that too. So before we get to our guest tip and bonus round of one other question i was interested to to learn from people about their their own like their skills especially from people who can both draw and write comics so what are you best at and what do you still feel you need to improve on
2: definitely like uh, art is like for me the best especially inking i love inking coloring I need to be faster at that <laughs> it's uh, not okay. something i am very fond of and writing is something i definitely need to improve on <laughs> <laughs> uh but that's actually why I, I work with the writer now so um christian and i have like the same we, we both love the same kind of stories so he's he's a great writer and he knows how to put things down how i like it mm. so that makes it really fun for me to draw so yeah i would say. Colouring and writing; those two are my weak points.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Cool. Yeah, always good to like know what you're good at and where the improvements can be made. So, all right. So now we're gonna get into our guest advice. In each interview, we like to ask our guests to give some advice for aspiring creative professionals. We have been talking comics today, so Renee, what advice do you have for others listening who may want to get started? with creating their own comics or maybe Kickstarter campaigns as well
2: i would say um aspiring artists uh, start small first so make zines small press comics and put your work out there so people know you're a creator and uh, that you can make awesome stuff and it will be picked up so um as long as if you keep making art that you like and especially small books you can always print it in a bigger book or eventually take on bigger projects but first start small and i would say kick your insecurities uh, in the butt (laughs)
1: yeah
2: i think it doesn't matter how professional you get or how good you get they're always there so don't let fear stop stop you from creating
0: that is really good advice that again Noting that one down for myself uh, for things that I have to do uh, this week, uh, even so, yeah, definitely. There's always you can always come up with reasons why you shouldn't do something or why, like we said earlier, you think oh the reaction the response is going to be this and it's going to be negative. You don't actually know, and oftentimes it's just not as bad as you think it is. So definitely, the other thing I'd add to the sort of put your work out is um, particularly for artists, always make sure you've got your work with you uh, easy to hand uh, i was doing a session or one of many sessions i did last week and a young person came up to me uh, afterwards and talked about his work and um i was like oh so where's your portfolio he's like i don't have it um so i just reminded him that i always make sure you're carrying uh, your work because even when he it was. I was there for a, a gaming session, but um, also, you know, I let people know what I do. So I talked about my comics. So he asked about he asked about my comic, and I pulled a copy out from my bag because um, most of the time I've always got it with me just in case. So I just said to him like, uh, "Yeah, make sure you got your work accessible, whether it's a physical portfolio or a link you can quickly access." So uh, same to people listening, aspiring professionals, just make sure you've got your work accessible on you as uh, as often as you can all the time if possible
1: mm. there was a tip uh, in our panel and sorry not panel in our round table <laughs> <laughs> that we had the other day about using a qr code
0: yes i think it was in any N- e, uh mention yeah, that, yeah um, instead of a business card a qr code that where uh, that can take people directly to a, a portfolio link that's good advice too yeah just however you can get someone to see what you do because sometimes you know you might not have 10-15 minutes you might just have a let me just see it while i'm on my way you just need something yeah. that can be quickly shown
2: yeah or definitely like carry always your business cards with you
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah yeah
2: because <laughs> sometimes like what you said uh something i noticed as well is you can meet people at the most unexpected places and get work that. so yes very good advice <laughs>
1: I literally was like on my morning Sunday walk and bumped into someone and I was like I literally carry my business cards with me everywhere (laughs) but I I just I just went for a walk I literally have my keys and my phone (laughs) so I don't have them with me and I was like oh to be literally anywhere any moment yeah so I need to start carrying like a business card in the back of my phone for emergencies. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> like Pre-pandemic, I'd, I'd get in the habit, i just put them in different pockets. Um, So just whenever I just, and the wallet as well. So just whatever happens, I'm just like, oh, I've got something somewhere. <laughs> um, so yeah, I need to get back into that habit myself. But yeah, there you go. Start small. I didn't do that, but super good advice. Put your work out and kick those insecurities in the butt. So listeners let us know as always you can let us know what you think about the interview if you have any questions particularly if you're a aspiring comic creator get in touch feedback at com uh, or join our discord and continue the conversation there uh, before we wrap for today's interview we are going to get into the bonus round
1: this is the part where we throw in some follow-up questions or random questions that didn't quite fit in anywhere else and so i was wondering uh, obviously you've got this comic with a kart racer are you into go-karting yourself have you ever done any go-karting go-karting i did and that's very fun
2: but i'm not much of a race fan <laughs> if you ask me mm-hmm. for watch races no
1: <laughs> fair enough and i mean this is one you kind of brought on yourself <laughs> and inspired <laughs> inspired earlier before we started recording but what anime character would you date
2: oh oh boy that's...
0: <laughs> you bought this on yourself
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh i need to dig into my brain for the last animes i've seen <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's actually a tough question <laughs>
1: really is it is it that i've got a list <laughs> <laughs> You're well-prepared when you scratch What would be your top two date? <laughs> oh, okay. So, number one is probably Kakashi from Naruto. He's got all the skills, you see. And he's just an interesting person. Yeah. I've actually, like, at one point he was not at the top of the list. But then he did, because I realized he's a good cook as well. Because he lived on he's his awesome. own from from a teenager i think even younger than that i don't know what time what, when his dad died uh he's really good at housework
0: <laughs> <laughs> you're thinking like super practical
1: <laughs> he's really uh really caring he probably would not mind when i go off on my own like little world, and don't pay attention to him for <laughs> a, a week or so <laughs> Yeah. There's mm-hmm. others, but that's, that's probably my top one.
2: <laughs> mm, I think for me, it would be Sebastian from Black Butler. I think
1: oh, I could yeah. be mistaken, I but I that. think that
2: was also the answer from the last one. Like the previous con- Yeah, you um, might, I
0: think you mentioned Different context, but yeah, you <laughs> yeah. Might, that might yeah. come up. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. It's also super practical.
2: <laughs> more mm. yeah, practical and um, yeah, man, uh, I need to watch more TV.
0: <laughs> you know what would be an interesting date is um just thinking of uh is it Remy from Black Lagoon? Yeah. Just just for curiosity, because that would be an interesting time. Yeah. That would be <laughs> Yeah, I feel like I'd learned something.
1: <laughs> Zoro used to be my number one and then he's really, really bad with directions. <laughs> at first I was like, yeah, that'd be fine. And then I realised I'm someone that wanders off a lot. And I was like, yeah, no, going on a date with it would be challenging, to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we spend much time with each other on the actual date. Yeah. We spend more time trying to look for each other. <laughs> 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 because one of us has wandered off. <laughs>
0: it would be an adventure.
1: It would indeed, yeah. <laughs> um and then also, uh, so what is your favorite comic that you've read and that you keep going back to? It doesn't actually have to be a favorite. <laughs> Just one that you keep going back to and retracting mm. the favorite bit. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I need to think about that one. <laughs> like I've got so many comics in my book shell, uh, on my bookshelves, but yeah, I must say Yinji Ito's work.
0: <laughs> oh, horror. Yep. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That like
1: track.
2: his work i can like read multiple times without getting boring i think like uh, the artwork and the way of storytelling it's amazing um and i think for a guilty pleasure that i've been reading recently again was what's it called again like oh i just recently got my old mangas out of like storage and <laughs> what i used to read when i was like 15 or something and i'm like oh my god this is so bad <laughs> What's the title again? Um, yeah, like uh, Oran High School Host Club, uh, Fruit Basket, and Kite Jane or something? I love Oran Hi- High School
1: Host Club. <laughs> I was actually talking about Fruit Basket with some friends like the other night as well.
2: I kind of cringe with Fruit Basket. It's also like the stereotypical like bad boys. Like, oh, I'm so cool. What was it? Like, Kabadon. Those uh, hand uh, slam wall kind of scenes <laughs> And so... Yeah. So cheesy.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, think was one of like the first manga I've read. I don't remember it too well, but I'm pretty sure that's one of like the first that I read. Yeah. My like cousin lent it to me. And then as well, I noticed that you've done some um D D character artwork. Do you play D D yourself? Absolutely.
2: I would say like for storytelling as well um i'm not much of a storyteller myself but indie really improved my storytelling
1: and writing for characters yeah i love indie. Ah, oh, cool yeah that's uh all the questions that i have
0: nice and that's the end of our interview so uh, renee thank you for joining us again for the second time for an interview
2: thank you for having me again <laughs>
0: And uh, look forward to speaking with you next month too. So we're going to be hearing a lot from Renee (laughs) over this past month and definitely check out her work and the Kickstarter. Uh, So make sure you subscribe to Story X Story uh, so you don't miss a future episode. Uh, Let's see who else we can bring back for an interview. Um, You could also give us a five-star rating and review, which helps us reach new listeners of fans and story discussions. We are working on a new manga. But our latest manga that is out, Serious Through the Fog, is one that you can check out now, plus the other titles from the Matter universe. So you can see those at mayamada.com forward slash manga. You can also join our Discord and consider becoming a Studio 77 member uh, to support the work that we do and get access to events and content, uh, games, artwork, stuff like that. Uh, So gamepad.events for that. And our Do I Look Like a Gamer our video game representation campaign is live. We've launched it. We've done our first event working on the spring events and future plans. We've got a bunch of cool supporters. Uh, thank you to Rocksteady Studios and Splash Damage for sponsoring, uh, allowing us to put on this campaign and these free events to help future generations of talent know that there is a place for them in video games and also... Uh, allowing us to empower them to be an active part of shaping the future of the industry so you can check out the photos of the 40 players and makers that we kicked off the campaign with and then just keep your eyes open for news on campaign events activities and how you can get a free t-shirt to or at least be in with a chance of getting a free t-shirt that is all at looklikeagamer.com and again, you can join a Discord because we'll be putting information about it there. So you can stay tuned for more podcast episodes, including creator interviews like these, video game discussions, and deep dives into stories across pop culture you can always give us a shout directly our email address is feedback at myamada.com and our website with links to subscribe is myamada.com forward slash story x story so until next time stay safe and we will speak to you all again soon